So we are here with Justina Adams. And Justina, the reason I wanted to get her in here is because she is doing something that maybe a lot of people um, think that they can do and they can't do. Actually, we tried something similar. Um, but anyway, she's you're working from home all the time now, right? Right. And you've been doing that for how many years? Uh, going on six years now. Six years. And the company is Plexus. Yes. And, and the biggest reason that I wanted to kind of talk about this, number one, is like the health. And then you mentioned like gut health, which... If anybody's been following us for any amount of time, you know that I've had a ton of issues in this area. Like, as soon as you get into your 30s, I think you just start falling apart. And uh, you have to start paying attention to things like that. But we actually did something really similar. And, and these things get a, seems like they kind of get a bad rep because um, people think that it's like a pyramid scheme or they think that you're trying to push a product that they don't need or whatever. But see, we did a, I don't know if you remember, but back several years ago, we did this thing called um, Genesis Pure, and Brandy and I were trying to do it, which was unsuccessful, which is probably really similar to Plexus, but it was like, a, they had a cleanse system, and they had all these things, and mm-hmm. um, and it was a product that you could get on a monthly plan, or you would try to sell things, and I don't know how Plexus works with the, the, the you know, the selling format, or how people purchase it, but... Um, these you bought like a bottle of stuff and it did a cleanse and then you had things to follow that up but so really I kind of want to dial into that like I know that um, most people think that it's not possible to sell these things from home and so just like like how what's a day-to-day thing look like on that and I know that you obviously use the products because I see your pictures and stuff you post all the time of like you know before and after and then you guys had the baby like right in the mix of that so yeah so, um, little background, the reason I got started, you talked about gut health. Uh, my mother-in-law got me started on it and I just always had digestive issues and just always feeling tired. And I had only had one kid at the time I was in my mid twenties and it's like you work all day, come home and it's like, you're just exhausted and you have that midday like slump feeling and, Um, like I said, I had so many issues with my stomach, just feeling bloated and miserable all the time. And I've always had like a small figure, but it's still like, I felt miserable. Um, so she started me on the probiotics and, um, along with like what I mentioned, I also had a horrible immune system. I felt like I was sick every six weeks with like whatever virus was going around. And I was just sick of feeling sick and tired of all the, all the time. And so, um, she got me started on the products and I loved them right away. I started seeing changes in my gut. And, um, when Erilyn, my second was born, um, before, well, as soon as we got home from the hospital, we found out she was diagnosed with PKU, which is a rare genetic disorder. And that really freaked us out, just not knowing what it was and then thinking about me having to go back to work full time. Um, My mother-in-law sent me a video of a woman who sold Plexus and she was able to retire her husband out of the military and they built their dream home. And I was talking to Austin. I was like, I feel like I could do this. Like, I love these products. They've changed my life and I'd love to share them with other people. And making money while doing it and being able to stay home would just be amazing. So he was 100% supportive. I was still working for an insurance company at the time. So I only went back part-time and then did the Plexus part-time. 
And um, Plexus, like I said, focuses on gut health, inflammation, and weight loss. So how long how long were you taking? So you started using Plexus. That's how you got kind of your foot in the door. Right. And you liked the product so much that that you decided to look into their sales program or, you know, their employment program. Is that kind of how that went? Yeah. So interesting, interestingly enough, I was on just the probiotic for probably six months. So it was like the middle-ish of my pregnancy. And then afterwards, I tried out another product to help with a cleanse. And then I didn't get fully into all the products until I, quote unquote, signed up to start the business. So I was basically just asking my mother-in-law if I could have some of hers and not buying it myself. So when you initially started this, did you, did you like kind of have this brainwave of I'm going to live a, li- a healthy lifestyle or did you pretty much keep everything the same, but you started taking this supplement that was really helping? Cause I think a, a lot of the misconception that people will have is they think that the supplement may be doing something really well for them, but they completely changed their lifestyle at the same time. Um, so to me, the ones that really stand out are the ones where you don't really change your lifestyle, but you start taking a supplement and you're seeing these big changes. So to me, that's kind of always an important thing is whether your lifestyle changed at the same time or if it happened because of just what you were taking. Um, that is a good question. As far as my gut symptoms and like energy levels, just straight up taking what we call our triplex, which is our drink, our probiotic, and then our BioCleanse, I saw huge changes. Um, I've always been relatively healthy as far as working out five days a week and um, eating eating healthy foods. Now, it wasn't until I really started researching gut health and what all that meant and realizing all the bad stuff that they were putting in our foods, I was like, maybe I'm not actually as healthy as I thought I was. I mean, like these protein bars and stuff that they put on the shelves are just full of all this crap that's actually not good for you. Yeah, I think that I feel like we're starting to see a lot more issues with that. And I think it's and I always talk about this, it's like everything comes back to money and shelf life and being able to make your profit margins better. And it doesn't matter what you put in it because you've got to ship it from this place to this place and then it's got to sit on the shelf. So they're putting these things in there um, that you probably shouldn't have in your body. And it seems like the more um, time goes on and the more people are worrying about their bottom lines, the worse food's getting for us. And and we actually get kind of a healthy... um, a dose of seeing the difference and the difference for us is since we're kind of around an Amish community, they don't have any of that crap. Like the food that they eat is directly from, you know, their animals and their gardens and things like that. And uh, it just seems like, you know, when I talk to those guys, they don't have any like gut problems. They're not talking about, um, issue. And, 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 you know, one of the guys that came out and helped us build our house was, um, you know, 60 years old. He doesn't have, you know, they don't have problems like that in their community. And I think it really just kind of boils down to like preservatives and, and whatever pesticides and whatever they're putting on your fruits and vegetables and all these things. And it's just, it's a, uh, it's scary because we have all these government entities that are supposed to protect um, citizens from that stuff. But when it comes down to money or protection, it, they, you know, they always kind of lean in the, 
and the money side. And and I think that the, I mean the preservatives and the stuff in food just can't be good for you. And and on our last podcast, we actually talked about um, energy drinks. Yeah. And I have severe reactions to to energy drinks. And um, so if they're allowing stuff like that to to be put on the the shelves without you know severe warning labels or whatever, which I know the warning label on a pack of cigarettes is a lot worse than the one on an energy drink. But so, yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely noticed a lot of that stuff going on. Well, and when you see that the United States has probably the leanest country when it comes to what's allowed in our food mm-hmm. and products that we're drinking and eating. And we're also like the number one uh, nation when it comes to heart disease and, and all that. Yeah, I was actually, I just looked up something, um, I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks ago now, but it's like foods that are banned in other countries, but not in the U.S. And like Ritz crackers was yeah. on there and, and just these crazy Skittles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and I'm thinking, why are they banned in other countries, but not here? And it's because here it's too money motivated and those businesses make way too much money to ban it here, even though it's probably stuff you shouldn't be consuming. And I don't even remember where I saw that study, but um, there was like several foods on there that would be shocking, especially the crackers. I'm like, man, I love like a snack, uh, some Ritz and and summer sausage or something. I used to do that a lot. And I'm thinking, well, I'm eating pretty healthy. The yeah. crackers aren't great for you, but, um, you know, this is a pretty healthy snack. And turns out it can be one of the worst things for you. Yeah. So, but they say, I think they say crackers are one of the worst things anyway, just in general, like animal crackers and, and uh, goldfish and all those different kind of crackers, crackers, because... I guess they're terrible for your teeth. They get stuck in your teeth and uh, and then w- whatever bugs or whatever enzymes or whatever those things are that get in your mouth when you're resting is they eat that stuff and causes all kinds of decay. But And I, I don't know if that was in the same study or what, but it's crazy that I think it was they were comparing crackers to uh, candy and the crackers were actually worse than candy for your teeth and your oh, dental wow. hygiene. So. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So all you cracker eaters out there, keep that in mind. <laughs> I don't know how you take care of it after the fact. I'd probably brushing your teeth after, right after crackers, but but yeah, it's, so it's it's just wild. Um, and you can kind of go down this rabbit hole on the internet of what's healthy and what's not healthy. And and for instance, I brought up in the last podcast again. Um, somebody told me that I should quit drinking oat milk. It's it's got something in it or something that's bad for gut health and. And uh, so I looked into it, and the first thing on Google talks about how good it is for you. So it's wild, like, the well, discrepancy. It, yeah, the Internet can be very misleading, too, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to Google. They put what they want you to see yeah. at the top. So if they want you to think it's good for you, that's what they're going to put up there. Yeah, I, I think we got a good dose of that with that whole uh, Wikipedia thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> where they uh, redefined recession on Wikipedia, like uh, all in the same week where they were trying to say that we're not in a recession than we are. And <laughs> so it's just wild. Like you can get on there and you think that you're getting information. Um, and then other things where people just say what they want to say, they try to do a fact check thing on there. But, I, you know, the fact check is coming from somebody else just writing it down on their computer too. So I don't know. It's 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 a weird time, and it comes back to like health and pretty much everything we do. Um, it, you know, there's to me with the whole fact checking and all this stuff. There's it's either all or nothing. Either make sure everything's 100 percent correct, which you can't do. It's kind of like uh, almost like with guns, like it's either all or nothing, and you're never mm-hmm. getting them all back. So, but no, with 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 the fact checking stuff, I feel like 
you got to leave it alone because there's nobody out there that can be sure that all this food is good for you or all this food is bad for you. So you really almost just got to like let the consumer decide. But, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't want to get too far off topic, but that, that was kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of that stuff that you kind of, you don't look at for a long time until you start having problems. Yeah. And food is a, a big one for me. And actually I literally just changed my diet at the beginning of this week. I've, I've been having stomach issues for like, um, gosh, going on two years or something now. And I've went in and I've had all this money worth of testing. I had a colonoscopy. I've had all these things and basically no results, no answers, no nothing. And I'm just desperate at this point. And bread, I'll tell you, is like literally my favorite food. And um, I've pretty much cut it out of my diet. And I just started this at the beginning of the week. But I went to... um, Texas Longhorns yesterday for lunch, and they bring you out free warm bread oh, and butter. Yeah. That was like the hardest thing in my life not to to go after that bread and butter. But so I've tried to kind of. I, I I read a study that said something about maybe uh, cutting gluten out of your diet three yeah. hours before you go to sleep. Um, I guess gluten has a tendency to raise anxiety levels, and it causes all these tossing and turn issues when you're sleeping. Um, and I have high anxiety already as it is, so I thought, well, maybe I'll try to get rid of that and see if it helps. But there's just so many things and then so much different information. You're never really sure uh, what's good and what's bad. So it's always, to me, it's best to like talk to people and see what works, you know, to, to real people. And so I really kind of wanted to focus on that more than anything. And, and uh, I mean, every, I think there's a lot of people out there looking for a solution to their health. But I think a big problem is you have to have the self-control to do it. And I know that that's hard for me. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. Like you need, it's harder to eat healthy and it's more expensive to eat healthy. Like it's easy to stop at steak and shake and get a burger, but name a healthy place. Like the healthy places used to be like Subway and stuff like that. But how healthy is that? Well, it's all processed meat Mm -hmm. and um, not to mention like all the sauces and stuff that people put on their, on their Subway's. Um, but you know, as far as circling back to the gut health and you were talking about having to switch up your diet, it's almost impossible in our day and age to stay away 100% of stuff that wreaks havoc on your gut. I mean, and women, especially the birth control, just having children in general, um, the food, like all the processed stuff, alcohol that we're putting in our body is causing an imbalance in the bacteria of our gut and it causes things like anxiety. Um, you know, 90% of our immune systems in our gut, 75% of our serotonin is produced in our gut, which is related to feelings of happiness and the anxiety and all that. And that's where Plexus comes in uh, for me, especially as a tool You know, I do like to indulge every now and then and have a drink or um, whatever else. And this gets rid of that bad bacteria that is growing in your gut and causing all these issues and putting uh, good bacteria back in. So like good bacteria, you're talking like I know fermented foods and stuff like that are supposed to be really good, right? Like you get in that whole probiotic stuff where mm-hmm. they, you know, there's a lot of stuff at the store that says probiotics, this and that, and you got yogurt and all these things. I don't care much for fermented food. Like the about the only thing I can really even stomach is is like yogurt. 
Um, but I mean, how important is that really to, to have like a good healthy dose of fermented foods? Cause my understanding is pretty important. Well, I can't even do yogurt. Um, I've tried so many different types of yogurt. It makes me blow like ridiculous. I don't know. Um, I've tried even dairy free yogurt. I'm not sure what's in there. So as far as like, I don't get my probiotics from yogurt. I use my supplement, um, I don't, does dairy have, do you have an issue with dairy? Do you seem to have an intolerance for it? So my problem is I don't really know. Yeah. Like, like I eat, you know, I've never really strictly cut anything out until just recently doing this, this, um, this bread thing. Um, I had, I felt like maybe there was like, um, nuts was causing issues for a while. Like maybe, um, you know, maybe that was causing some gut problems. So I cut out nuts for a while but it seems like if I have ever done anything like that, I never really see a noticeable difference. And from, from my understanding, when people finally find something they need to cut out, they're like, oh, my gosh, I finally got rid of this. And, and it was this problem. But there was a point in my life where I thought maybe I was lactose intolerant. I started buying that lactose-free milk or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so I've never really noticed an issue um, like that. I think the the biggest thing for me that I've noticed the big biggest improvement is making sure I drink a ton of water. Yeah. And and after I started doing that, I started seeing some improvements. But I think most of my problem and probably a lot of Americans' problem and probably just a lot of everybody's problem in general is like stress and anxiety. Um, it's almost like a vicious circle because it can be caused or or helped by a gut issue. And then it causes more gut issues when you're stressed or you have high anxiety. And it's like a circle with me. And, yeah. and I mean, gosh, I just, like this morning, I mean, I had, I've had a hell of a night today. Like I got a, I had a panic attack this morning. I haven't had an anxiety thing in, in a long time. But I just like woke up at 5 a.m. And, uh, and just like I tried to ignore it, tried to go back to sleep. I ended up leaving the house like 5.15 this morning. I just like drove like for me driving is kind of like something that kind of calms my nerves and so I just like drove around for a couple hours and uh, my anxiety started kind of coming down I started feeling better but like trying to lay in bed and just ignore it and go to sleep it's like it's a whole nother issue too because man anxiety is just such a nasty thing and and uh, it's crippling it is and it's so hard to figure out and 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 to understand and then try to control and these people, I bet, you know, I'm sure there's people that go to therapists and they do all this stuff for it, but like I will try to sit there and reason with myself and I'm like, look, you're having a panic attack. Everything's fine. You know, Don't overthink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you just keep, but you just keep digging in further. And next thing I know, like my hands are shaking and, and I'm kind of trembling a little bit. Cause like, you know, I'm, I had a full blown like anxiety attack this morning and, uh, the only thing I need to do is like get my mind off of it and get it on something else. And I'm like, well, I'll go drive around for a while. And a couple hours later, I felt way better. Actually, it didn't even take that long. I, like I drove around for a couple hours, but probably within a half an hour, I was feeling better. But, you know, it's like a helpless feeling. And, and I hate, I, I've got high anxiety issues anyway. And I'm sure all that kind of comes back to gut and everything else too. But it just seems like the more I kind of look into these problems that I feel like I have, they really tie into like your diet and your gut. And then obviously exercise is so important. And I just feel like there's so many things that people had to do for so long. Um, So it was just normal. We didn't see these problems, but now everybody is so easily, it's so easy to be lazy. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem too. It's like no exercise and 
and the endorphins don't get going as much. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about all of it, but with the research that I've done, it just feels like, you know, all these things tie so close to hand with anxiety, gut health and, and uh, exercise. And if you can add those things back in your life, it seems like it'll get better. But I'm not saying that because I know, um, because I'm there too with everybody else that probably has these issues. Um, but I, I think that's the best chance we got. Well, I think COVID made it so much worse for everyone too. Like, especially with them shutting down the schools. I mean, I saw it in my kids not being able to socialize because everyone, especially those first six months of it, everyone's freaking out, just staying in their home. And yeah, no, you know, they shut down the gyms. People weren't working out and ordering takeout all the time because the grocery stores like wasn't as much food as normal and people just going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing was wild. Uh, but I remember that's actually kind of what, like I was going to the gym pretty religiously right before COVID. Um, uh, me and a guy that worked with me had a membership and we were going, um, we were going quite a bit, you know, an hour every day before work or after work. Yeah. And, um, after they shut the gyms down, I can't, I'm not as motivated to work out at home as I am. Like, I, Same. Uh, yeah, I've got to have like a partner and I got to kind of get in this, this workout mode. But I mean, I was probably in the best shape of my life, um, right pre COVID. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm probably in the worst shape of my life, <laughs> right. Coming out of COVID. So, so yeah, I, there's definitely something to be said there. And I, I would just, you know, I never really even thought about it until now. I wonder what the health, the different, you know, they take all these different percentages and graphs. I wonder what it looks like, like obesity pre-COVID and then oh gosh. after COVID. I mean, because, you know, they show credit card debt, like what we were up 13% uh, year over year or something, which is the largest rise in credit card debt in a long time. I wonder what the obesity one is because I know I put some weight on after, yeah. through, through that whole thing. And I think that it was mostly it. Like, and now even still, it's almost is cheap to go out to eat as it is to cook at home right now. Oh my gosh. I mean, we spend, I cannot go to the grocery store and spend like, I'm just like, okay, I just need eggs and the basics. I spend $200 at least. And a month, it is ridiculous. A family of four and we all eat pretty healthy, hardly ever go out to eat unless it's for a special occasion. But it is, I keep thinking, oh, we're saving money because we're not eating out. But no, it's $600 at the grocery store for the week. And yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing about that, too, is coming right back to the health thing. It's so much cheaper to eat unhealthy. Yeah, that like, frozen stuff. And yes. Yeah, like you can get a whole meal in a box for like five bucks. Yeah. But if you want to buy the ingredients to, to make a healthy version of that with vegetables and, and meat and whatever else you need, I mean, you're probably five times that at least. And gosh, it's, it's like that in every way. You buy a bottle of juice, it's two bucks. You get a can of soda for a buck, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like everything we do in life, in, and I don't know outside of the U.S., but here it's like, it's almost like we make the unhealthy stuff easier to choose. Yeah. But, but and, and I don't know, you, you kind of borderline like conspiracy theory when you start thinking, are we being fed this stuff and making it easier to consume because then doctors make money off of us too. And, 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 you know, you, you, we create all these problems for ourselves in our society so that somebody can come in and say, Hey, I have a solution. I'll fix this. And typically it's not even fixed anymore because there's no money in fixing really anymore. Now it's like, let me diagnose something and then we'll treat it. And treating comes with a monthly subscription. Yeah. And it's just masking the symptoms. It's not treating it. Yeah. And I've realized in the last six years, 
I didn't know how good I could feel. Like I feel I'm 33. I feel way better in my 30s than I did in my early 20s, which is insane. I thought it was normal to, oh, I have a kid. I feel tired, like whatever. And I can't even, I can't have a drink of soda or anything from fast food or I feel like absolute crap. And like our bodies, my body was so used to just feeling like that. And now I just feel like a totally different person in my thirties than I did. And it's all because I switched up my diet and I paid attention to my gut health and those supplements. I mean, they're literally life-changing what I take. Uh, you were talking about that anxiety. Like I used to have high anxiety and, um, I'm not saying Plexus is a cure-all, but if you research and you can Google gut health related to any disease and it's all connected in some way, it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's something to be said of what that saying is that you are what you eat and, mm -hmm. and there's really something there because like, even if you, you know, if you, if you eat a certain type of meat you can almost kind of taste what its diet was and its food. So like to me, kind of what you consume almost becomes part of you. And, um, I mean, if you're filling that with little Debbie's and Dr. Peppers <laughs> and, and I'm kind of the same way with soda, like, you know, I'll drink it every once in a while just cause I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, very rarely. And even those little tiny cans that you can get is too much for me. Yeah. And I will see people knock down like a 12 pack in a couple of days of regular size cans. Like I've got a brother and he just like, he doesn't even drink water. He just oh drinks Dr. Gosh. Pepper all the time. And, um, which shout out to Chris, uh, <laughs> but he looks like a grizzly bear. You know, he's built like a grizzly bear. He's just big. And, and I mean, he looks like a guy that drinks a lot of Dr. Pepper all the time. So, um, you know, but if I, but I will say this, um, you know, um, I don't know the the whole soda thing, and and I've seen so much about that, like how it's like poisoned to put in your body, and then you see people pour it on stuff, and it like eats the paint off of things. Oh yeah, that's wild. It does all this crazy stuff. Like you can remove uh, like a tarnished coin with a bottle of Coke or something, and so it's just crazy. I mean, what is that doing in your body? Yeah. Not to mention these guys that are doing this whole uh, what is it uh, diet soda and Mentos? You put them together, and it like you know, it almost explodes or the bottle explodes or something like, like so, a volcano eruption. Yeah. Type thing. So I just can imagine what that stuff is doing inside of your body. And isn't it amazing what our bodies put up with? Like yeah. it almost is like, how am I still alive with yeah. all this, all these toxins and crap that I put in my body? Our bodies are pretty amazing how God designed them. It is. And, but the, the crazy thing too is <laughs> what else he designed us with was the, decision to make our own choices and yeah. people see all this crap and they still put it in their body. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and, and I'm to blame too, but it's like people are listening to this podcast right now, drinking a Dr. Pepper or, <laughs> or a Coke or whatever. Um, I would advise you not to eat Mentos at the same time. Oh my gosh. But, um, so, so yeah, no, that's like the thing with me. It's like, um, society is to some points getting smarter on some things. Um, so it's like, I don't know, maybe our knowledge of, of things that can hurt us or things that cause issues is maybe getting smarter, but people still are making bad decisions. It's kind of like smoking, like I used to smoke. Yeah. And I remember whenever I quit smoking, it really wasn't that hard for me. It was whenever we had kids, I'm like, smoking stupid, it smells bad. And every once in a while, I'm, you know, I'll have a cigar or something like that. But, 
Um, Did you do the whole vape thing? Yeah, no. So, like, I was, like, early on, um, when I quit smoking was, gosh, that must have been, that's probably uh, 12 years ago. And when I quit smoking, these e-cigs had just come out. Yeah. And they looked just like a cigarette, and you bought them at, like, the gas station, or I bought mine at the mall, I think. (laughs) It was before there was all these... um, laws against the the vape, the vape and stuff and yeah and um so i started out with this little e-cig and you uh, put a little drop of nicotine in the back of it and you get like 10 or 15 puffs off of it and i literally bought one bottle of that nicotine and before that bottle was gone i was not even using nicotine anymore pretty soon i was just putting like flavored water in it just to kind of mm-hmm. shake the habit of smoking a cigarette and i think it was two weeks on one of those little e-cigs and i was done and I never needed to vape after that. Like I didn't, I didn't get addicted to vaping, um, or any of that stuff. And then now, like once I broke that habit, and for me it was really more of like a social thing. When I got around people that smoked, yeah, like I, I started craving a cigarette for some reason. Um, and there were certain things that would make me crave a cigarette, like if I ate certain foods and things like that. But for the most part, it was like a sociable thing. But. Yeah, so so when I finally shook that habit, well, then, you know, fast forward a couple years down the road, and I'm just, like, looking back on it. I'm like, man, it's just, it's really kind of down to smoke. Yeah. And I hate, when I feel, when I say that to people, like, and I almost, I'm really blunt with the way that I say things, so a lot of times I'm like, if you're smoking, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, because you know what that's doing to you. It's right there on the package. Yeah, but I was, like, I was victim to that. Like, I did it for a long time. I smoked for, like, you know, eight years or something. Um, so I'm not saying you're an idiot because I'm trying to, uh, push you down in any way. I'm saying you're an idiot because we know what those are doing to you and to sit there and like, my mom is terrible right now. Like she literally probably breathes cigarette smoke just as much as she breathes oxygen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's wild. Like if she's awake, she's smoking and she's a cancer survivor and two time brain tumor survivor and like all these issues, but she just can't shake the habit, I guess. So I don't know. What kind of cancer? She had uh, lymph node cancer. Yeah, that smoking definitely isn't good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right up there in that area, you know, from from my understanding. And I, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, if that's smoking related or not. But people know. people get so comfortable in their habits, and a lot of times they don't realize. I don't know. It's just. I've never been I've never been like an addiction person. I there's nothing that I've struggled with, so it's hard for me when I see I know addiction addiction is a thing and when I see people that try to quit and they can't it it just blows my mind because it's like you know this is bad for you and it's always been very hard for me to comprehend because I've never had that addiction personality. So would would you say you did when you smoked or no yeah I, I i don't know i don't really have an addictive personality either but i was definitely addicted to smoking and at the time it was like i don't think i could have done it without the the vape stuff because it kind of not even necessarily addiction it gave me basically the same type of activity that i was already doing so it was almost like the you're kicking the habit the activity of it um but I just feel like there's so many good ways and good things that you can do now to kind of shake that habit. Yeah. Everybody should be able to shake that habit. And I just don't know what's, you know, I think a lot of the people are like, eh, what the hell? You know, like they, they don't really care. Like, oh, well, you know, you're going to die someday. I yeah. hear that all the time. And it's like, um, 
they will be saying that right up until the time they're diagnosed with like stage four lung cancer mm -hmm. and um, they're on their deathbed. And I, I have seen, I've seen that in person. Like my uncle Dan um, just passed away a couple years ago and uh, he was a smoker. He was a drinker and um, he smoked and, and right up until, you know, late life. But as soon as he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, it was too late, but it's like he knew, right? Like he changed his life right then. Yeah. Um, but that point, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's too late and people need to be awakened before they get to that point. And I don't know, there may be some grace period in there where he actually was started having these struggles with breathing and these struggles where he thought that he was having these problems and, and he may get up smoking a little earlier than, than what I'm giving him credit for. Um, but I know that this whole thing with him and going through cancer was like, I think he went to the doctor like three or four times about it for over the course of like a month or a couple months. And they kept telling him it was allergies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it took it to the point where his like, um, his whole neck was like sw swelling and, um, sure uncle with the twins. No, that's Rob. Okay. No, this is, uh, this is his older brother. He was, um, I think he was 58 when he passed years ago and um just too, uh, too young you know he's got a i think his boy's 18 now or 17 or 18 but um yeah i mean and, and who's to say you know whether that's from smoking or you know he he uh, he worked on a golf course for a long time and he always did maintenance work so he sprayed a lot of like roundup and a lot of you know these pesticides and all these things and i'm sure there's something to be said about that too um anything that you're inhaling that's that you really shouldn't be um so, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess the point I'm trying to make, though, is, like, everybody talks a big game about, you know, you're going to die somehow until the reason that everybody's been warning you about is right on your front door, and then it's like it's too late. So, you know, think about that ahead of time, people, because, I, you know, actually since he passed from, from smoking, I used to just have a cigarette every once in a while. haven't had a cigarette since. And, and I don't know if that's just a mindset thing. Cause I mean, yeah. like I said, I'll still smoke a cigar every once in a while, but I literally have not puffed on a cigarette since, since then. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Something to be said there though. My, um, it's interesting you say, cause it's like, you never know if that's what exactly caused it was a smoking. My dad, uh, passed away just a couple months ago from stage four liver disease and he, drank and partied in his college days but he was almost 80 when he passed he hadn't drank in 50 years and of course he was the type that never went to the doctor he's very old school and um you know found out too late it was all of a sudden but I don't know if there was even anything that could have been done he wasn't a drinker and he's very healthy very active so it's just it's crazy to think about. Yeah, I was sorry to see that. I, I saw um I saw Thank your post you. about it and stuff and and um like I didn't even know that he was in bad health or anything like that. So it was like a, a big shock as soon as I saw it. Like what the heck? Yeah. So you know, obviously first thing I did, you know, being Tyler's still a friend of mine, I reached out to him and obviously he didn't know much, but but yeah, I mean I was just and and so liver failure. Well, so we, we found out in in January. Um, cause he was having some issues with his skin and all of a sudden his stomach was extremely bloated. If you look at pictures that I've posted, he's always been, like I said, pretty healthy and 
work out and, and walked. And then all of a sudden he got this belly and my mom just like, please, can we go and get some tests done? Like something's not right. And he, um, finally agreed to it, but he, um, yeah, they found out he had stage four at that point. And you know, the medication for that, it's like a thousand dollars pill. Mm-hmm. Cause Ridiculous. you're desperate. You're yeah. desperate for it. And, um, you know, thankfully the Christian healthcare insurance, whatever it was that they had did cover the medication. But, um, you know, my dad, um, was a devout Christian and he knew it was his time. I think he tried to put on like, um, you know, that he might be healed more for the sake of us girls and my mom, um, but like he said his goodbyes to me the last time I saw him, even though we were still praying for a miracle. But then he had a bad fall and um, his kidneys were making up for his liver not working already. Uh, he had a bad fall and had broken a few ribs and um, got sepsis. And eventually it was just the sepsis and all that just broke him down. And he, when he found out in January and was diagnosed, he still traveled that whole school year. And it was the week they got home. My parents were ministers, you know, it was the week they got, he got home. It was like he was, had finished his final mission and that's when he had the fall and it was like he was ready to let go and go on to heaven. Yeah. That's like, man, just, just like, getting in the mindset of somebody that is so wore out and so sick of being in pain that they're ready to be rid of like this shell that they're in. That's a tough thing because like, you know, I, I think anytime you think about, man, I don't, you know, I want to live, I want to do this. And when you get to the point where you're like, I've had enough, enough's enough. Like, I don't know. That's a tough, a tough thought to try to, to try to deal with. Well, I didn't mean to get off subject and get so morbid, no, but yeah. yeah, you were just talking about, I mean, you just don't know what could cause issues with your um, organs and... Yeah, and that's scary too, because, you know, and, and maybe maybe something when he was younger had a developmental issue because it set him back, or maybe it's just getting old and he, yeah. you know, that was his, his way. You know, it's hard to say, you know, at this point, but... Gosh, it really does put like this good point out there of, um, you know, just because you're young and your body can recover, it may not be fully recovered, and you don't know. So like, make make good decisions early, and and I was like the worst proponent of that. Like I did all the worst stuff you could do early. I was drinking young, smoking young, <laughs> doing, and and uh, there's it's actually kind of an inside joke every once in a while about stunting your, you know, smoking stunting your growth because I didn't get stunted and yeah. And uh, I smoked early, early. So, but no, I think there's definitely, I mean, you're under, de- when you're young, you're underdeveloped and you're adding these things to it that do, that cause these problems later in life. And there's no going back. Like, yeah. You, you know, you only live on this planet once and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, make good decisions, but, you know, easier said than done. But yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, gosh, I, I don't know. He was, your dad was 79, right? Yeah, um, he would have been 80 this January. And I didn't say he actually was, they found out he had uh, hepatitis, and it was the hepatitis that ended up um, somehow had the hepatitis is what it, it attacked his liver. But we have no idea how he got the hepatitis either. He um, 
whether it hepatitis is something that can sit dormant for decades and decades. So he could have gotten it back, you know, before he even ever met my mom. And like I said, never went to the doctor for anything because he didn't have issues and it sits dormant for so long. And then all of a sudden. Does that, so hepatitis, does that like attack your immune system or? Um, well, I know it attacks the liver, obviously something to do with your, and I believe your bloodstream because okay. that's how you get it is from your bloodstream. So whether it's from like dental work you had done maybe, or, um, you know, he used to travel overseas a lot too. So I've actually heard some horror stories about like, um, people sharing razors and getting hepatitis. Yeah. Um, so I've, I mean, yeah, I've heard some crazy stuff or sure. I mean, I guess if you technically, if you shared a toothbrush, that could probably happen too. Like if somebody's gums were bleeding or something like yeah. that, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's only transmitted through, you know, I think it's blood. blood yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I think that we're in the time frame now in the age with, um, uh, modern medical technology that I think that people in our age bracket should probably live to a hundred. Yeah. I, I think that that. I think that we're in that time if people can can diet better and make good decisions, make better decisions. Um, but it's so easy not to in this day and age. And and it's it's like they want you to make the bad decisions. And you know, there's a lot of people that think like um, and I feel like that kind of goes back to the whole abortion thing, too. I think there's a lot of people that almost feel like we've got this overpopulation problem and um and you would think that we do, like if you're going to a Cheddar's on a Friday evening, uh, yeah. you know, but like, and actually I'll give Elon Musk credit because he's the one that really like, I started kind of researching into it when I saw Elon Musk put out his tweet like he does. And it said something about, um, we don't have an overpopulation problem, actually quite the opposite. Um, so I like started digging into it a little bit and like, sure enough. And then, and then you start kind of putting yourself in position to think about the people that you know in life, Right. And Brandy said it to me the other day. She's like, she said, um, just think, our kids may be my dad's only grandkids. And she's got a, a little brother and uh, an older sister. So I just wonder how many more people are making that same type of decision. And it's like, you know, they a lot of people wait and wait and wait. And then, I mean, who was it? One of those movie stars just had a kid, and she's like 47. Is that Cameron? I think it was Cameron Diaz talking about having she? having a baby at 47 or something. Like, that's just, like, that's kind of unheard of. Yeah. You know? My mom had her last at 40, and everybody's like, that's, you're pushing the envelope. <laughs> and now she's like a grandma mom. You know, Tara just turned 21, and everybody else is quite a bit older than, than her. And, uh, and so I think she was a grandma, you know, shortly after she had her, but... So, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think there's a, you know, kind of coming back into that issue, it's like, you know, I don't think necessarily, I mean, obviously there's not an overpopulation problem. We're just, we have such a problem with people moving into these inner cities and um, they overpopulate one place. But I was, uh, there was something I heard the other day that said the whole population of the world would fit, like if you put them shoulder to shoulder, would fit in Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy because the United States is small compared to other countries out there. You know, Los Angeles alone is just a mess. So many people, so much, <laughs> so much homeless. Like, it, it would. I went there to visit my sister uh, last year, and we had gotten reservations for this hotel that was just nine miles away, and uh, to take an Uber there was going to be an hour drive. Oh my gosh! 
And I'm like, how do people live in these big cities? Mm, like, mm-mm-mm. we were like, okay, not going to dinner there then. Yeah, and it's one of the worst, you know, or it used to be. Uh, I've been to L.A. in, gosh, 15 years. and and um, But, yeah, I mean, so now you understand why Elon Musk is like, yeah, we got to build tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get out of that traffic anyway. But that's the crazy thing, too. It's like, you know, Elon Musk, and I'm like a super fan of Elon Musk, in case anybody didn't know out there. <laughs> But this guy could do anything he wants. He could have anything he wants. Yeah. So that means this guy could literally take a he could take a helicopter. He could take a private jet if he wanted to, and fly over all the traffic. But he's trying to like solve a problem for yeah. everybody by building these tunnels. So I hate that you know there's all these people that knock Elon Musk for this, knock him for that, and now he's being like deemed this right wing guy, which he's and, not. Yeah. No. And 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 like Joe Rogan. That guy is about as right wing as the people that voted for Biden in the last election, because Joe Rogan, I disagree with him on on most of the crap that he talks about. There, there's actually like a, well, I don't want to say most. I'd say he's probably pretty good half and half. He's, I would say he's probably a center left, but the fact that he hunts and he eats food that's meat and all these things, it's like, it's the the left has gotten so far left now yeah. that if you eat meat. You're right wing. Yeah. It's just a, it's if you wild. own a gun, you're yeah. right wing. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Um, but I have met people from the left that are like, um, they preach all this stuff. Like they'll preach anti gun and anti this and anti that. And they've got a gun safe at home with guns in it. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like people get caught in this political nonsense of kind of being a bobblehead for your side and, I don't know. I like to think, like, the, t- to me, the politics and all the stuff, like, you know, I don't really, I wouldn't consider myself any of the stuff. Like, to me, they're, I don't really like the whole two-party thing. I'm kind of more of like, this is how everybody should live. You know, if you want to live your way, you live your way. And I hate the fact that it's like Democrat versus Republican because then if you're voting Republican, but the guy that's a Republican that's, that's won the, uh, you know, the rights to, to run against the other side, what do they call it? Nomination. They yeah. nominate that guy, and you don't like anything about him. Then what do you do? So to me, it's like the whole the whole system is just kind of funky. But I mean, typically we kind of go with with the right just because it's like there's so much bad idiocy from from the other side that I you know I just couldn't reasonably vote for that. Well, and it's I don't know. It's kind of discouraging too. I honestly thought that I mean. I remember Austin coming up to me election day and he's like, what are we going to do if Biden gets in? Like, no way. Nobody's voting for that goon. Like, are you kidding me? I was like, Trump's got this in the bag. And I went to bed that night and I was like, oh, we got Ohio. We got this. And I'm like, what? And then you find out about all this fraud, which, of course, the media is like, you know, oh, that didn't happen. But it's clear there was so much voter fraud that happened. And now it's like, what? what's the point of me even voting? Like. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna do what they want to do, and they're gonna put in office who they want to put in office. It's such a scary thought, too, because me being who I am, like the first thing I did when all that happened, I actually started talking about it and trying to figure it out. And um, so I started kind of investigating things before when the election was done, but before Joe Biden was nominated, or uh, what do they call that when they bring him in and make him the oh president? inaugurated inaugurated. That's it. Before he was inaugurated. I started doing all this research, and sure enough, you can pull up, um, 
you can pull up like obituaries and stuff like that. And then you can also pull up um, mail-in ballots yeah. you know, with their names and stuff on them. And I was pulling all this stuff up in Detroit and I actually made a video about it. And I found a handful of people in just the hour that I, that I was searching of people that were already deceased but had voted in the election. One of them was 132 years old oh if you gosh. go by her date of birth. That's insane. Yeah. And I was finding these things, just me by myself, just just kind of you know scouring the internet, finding these things. Made some videos about it. YouTube demonetized, or not demonetized, they banned my, uh, gave me a strike, banned the video. Of course. Yeah, and then I put another video out of... Um, some woman, um, I forget her name, but anyway, she was talking about it, that she had investigated. And so I actually made a video kind of commenting on what she said. That video was pulled down. And, uh, you know, so I made all these um, videos where I actually investigated into it. And most of the time, I try not to, you know, I, I'm pretty outspoken about my opinion, but like, I don't have a problem with you having your opinion. You yeah. Know? So, like, I would hope that, especially everybody that's listening right now, whether you're left, right, center, I mean, whatever you call yourself, I really don't care. Yeah. Um, that's that's what should be good about our country is the fact that you can have this left person and this right person that can sit down, communicate, and at the end of the day, if there's more people that think left, then things are going to have to go left. If there's more people that think right, then things are going to have to go right. But now we're in this weird circumstances of, is it true? Is there really more left that feel that way? And by the looks of it, there sure as hell isn't because all these people that used to be on the left are coming right now. Yeah. And they're kind of on the side of, no, this is, this is messed up. Like what's going on is messed up. And uh, so we're seeing more and more of that because Joe Rogan before the election was way farther left than he is now. And I can see where those guys, you know, all these people that say, well, they're right now and they're this. I can see where they're talking about they're moving farther to the right, but you guys are pushing them away. Yeah. It's not like they started out as these, you know, they're these right-wing nut jobs. You guys, you have made the left so extreme. They're socialists now. Yeah. That a left-wing person 10 years ago is like a centrist now. Yeah. And soon to be probably a right, you know, but the, the Democratic Party is so much different than it was even 15 years ago. And uh, so it's just, it's just wild. But then you have on the other side, you have some of these Republicans that kind of are, it's weird. It's like they're kind of going that way, which is crazy to me because that's even more extreme than the Republican Party was, you know, 10 years ago. So, yeah, I don't know. It's wild times that we're in. And, and uh, you know, I was always a, a Trump guy. And the reason that I was a Trump guy is because he had all the money in the world already. Yeah. And I think that the biggest evil in our politics and in our country as a whole is money. And if you take money out of all the, you take money out of the picture, what is somebody really going for? And I think with Trump, it's a lot of like, he wants a nice legacy to, to leave behind. Yeah. He wants to be great. I mean, it's right in his slogan. Um, and when you have a guy like that, that fights so hard just to have a good legacy, he's going to do good because that's, what's going to leave the, the good legacy behind. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about the whole Trump train thing, but Man, it's just there's so much hate out there for him. Yeah, I'm a Trump fan through and through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. We're coming up close on stuff. I kind of hope DeSantis holds off because um, I really like DeSantis a lot, but I think it would be like horrible for him to run against Trump or something like that, which I hope that doesn't happen. But I don't know. 
it's uh it's it's gonna be crazy this this november is gonna be crazy and then coming up in a couple of years it's gonna be crazy if we last that long <laughs> the inflation and recession is so bad right now and people are like oh well gas is getting better well, like we're using all of our reserves that trump filled yeah you know like what are we gonna do when those run out it's gonna go back up so and, and i know you know just just from us and we're not nearly in as bad of circumstances as a lot of people if gas goes back up five dollars a gallon it's going to be tough for us so i can't imagine people oh there were so many i know so many people that had to cancel their summer vacations because they're like it's gonna cost us two grand just in gas to get to florida yeah yeah man it's we did we did so we did a wyoming trip and this was actually right whenever i had left my job brandy's got the summers off so um we took our motor home to wyoming and uh, in the mountains up there, $6 a gallon. Oh, my God. And we're talking a vehicle that gets like seven miles to the <laughs> gallon. It has like an 80-gallon tank. I mean, so it's just awful. Um, actually, I would hate to even see what that – I could go back and look at the budget from that trip, but I haven't ever even – It's kind of – when we went on our last trip, Austin and I, Dallas is one of our favorite places to go. And I was like – wonder how much we put on the credit card because we use our credit cards when we travel for fraud and stuff and he's like just don't even look at it <laughs> like he's like just wait until yeah. the bill comes and talk about anxiety like that always money is a huge gives me anxiety um circling back to plexus though it has been um it's been such a blessing for us because i i ended up quitting the insurance company um and we're just doing Plexus full time because it was actually taking time away from what I love doing, which was Plexus. And so now we can travel. Traveling is like my love language. So we do that. And yeah, it's, it's nice. And you guys get to do that too with where you and Brandy are at. Mm. Yeah. That's actually something that I'm glad you brought it back up because that's actually something I want to talk about. Like, so how does the, like, is there a pay scale on Plexus and, and I know obviously everything's sales sales based. Are most people that do that are they like a ten ninety nine? And then you you know if you're if you're making I don't know how it works. And I and I'll be honest with you, I can't really remember how it worked for Genesis Pure. I know with us it was the sales were more um, the the sales for us were more directed at bringing more salespeople on. Yeah, so that's what I love about Plexus. One of the main things as far as their compensation plan goes, um, you know, pyramid schemes are illegal, and Plexus is not that way. 90%, probably 90 to 95% of my customers that buy Plexus for me just do it for the health benefits, and they don't work the business. Um my, I have a few people on my team that do, but even when I say working the business, I mean, I have some friends that they'll maybe like get a friend or two to do it with them and that'll like help pay for their products. But as far as I'm working the b business full time and I can bring on business builders, um, my sister and my mom, for instance, are my strongest business builders, but even 80 to 90% of the people that they're quote unquote signing up, they're just our friends and family that love the products and they order it every month because it works for them and that we get money just from them ordering the products. So it's almost like it almost seems like kind of like a referral a referral type. system. Yeah, like a referral that you get paid for. And if you just like 
people that do enough referrals kind of turns it into a job. Yeah. Now, when you get to a certain point in the company, you start getting a percentage of um, plexus um, of their of their profits. So then you can make even more money the higher up you get, obviously. But what I love, too, is that, like, my, mo- my mom and my sister, they're technically, I'm their sponsor, so they're underneath me. Now, when it comes to pyramid schemes, like, they... If it was a pyramid scheme, they could never go above me. Now, at any point in time, my sister, if she signed up, you know, if she got however many new customers tomorrow, she could pass me as far as like she could get be getting paid more than me because she signed, got more people to duplexes that month than I did. Mm. Um, Now, it is a residual income, which is so great about network marketing and these type of companies But you mentioned the referral program. What kills me is that we have all these influencers on Instagram and Facebook now that are getting paid to push a product that they don't even use half the time. And um, all you have to do is swipe up on their link. If you buy it, they get like 10%. And then you have people dogging us that are like, oh, you're just working one of those schemes. And it's like, I'm doing the same thing you are, but I am actually take the products and it works. And you know, I'm getting paid for it. So yeah, I would like to think that there's like hopefully a good mix of those influencers that actually stand behind what they're, what they're influencing. Yeah. But I know that probably more times than not, they don't care. Yeah. Um, But I know for us, like um, we don't really put anything out that you can buy from our affiliate links unless we have used it and we have given an opinion on it. Um, So like, you know, when like most of the money that we make on our YouTube channel is from, from, affiliate links you know like youtube cuts us a check but uh youtube's check never stacks up to like an affiliate link check from amazon so um and the percentage is not great um but in bulk i mean it can make out and and be something but like for us um i never want to put something out that may be a high commission to me but like to me the having um you know, like people, an opinion about us, of, of us being like a quality opinion. And actually, we've lost sponsorships from it from our other channel. Um, we did an event, uh, I think it was last year, we did an event. I won't say which one. We were paid, we did a paid appearance. We were paid to be at the event, um, and we shot a video for it. Well, we made some criticisms about the event, which was all out of good you know, good faith. Like we want them to increase. We'd planned on doing the event again. Um, so, uh, we weren't invited back. Um, (laughs) and so I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, well, maybe it's not in the budget this year. You know, maybe they're getting a different influencer or this and that. And I, uh, went to dinner with one of the guys that sits on basically the, um, I don't the, know if you, the board like or a board whatever. or whatever you want to call it that makes these decisions. And he said it was brought up and they didn't like the criticisms from the, the video that we made. But after watching the video and the criticisms, the criticisms that we made were adjustments that they made for the event this year. Oh, that's funny. So it's like they, they took our constructive criticism and used it, but then didn't like us giving it because yeah. we, we, I guess maybe because we put it in a video instead of coming to them in private about it. But like, that's what we are. We are like a, a personality of, of people that put real life and kind of what's going on on our yeah. YouTube channel. 
and we get a lot of hate for it, but we also get a lot of love for it. And, and typically I get more people saying like, we, I watched this entire video and right here is the reason that I subscribed. And usually it's something where I just like off the cuff, say like what's in my head or what's on my mind. And it's, it's got me in trouble a lot, but it also is kind of the thing that stands out because I think everybody is so politically correct these days that it's like, they're always trying to, you know, think about Step what they should shows. say. Yeah. And I just don't give a shit. Like I just will, will basically say, and that comes down to sponsors too. We lost another sponsorship one time. I'll just tell you a quick story about it. But, um, we, um, we had been working with a, a sponsorship deal and, and typically like a brand deal or a sponsorship deal. What it looks like with us is, um, they reach out to us or we'll reach out to them if it's something we need or we want. And, um, they'll ask us to do, you know, make a video or do this or do that, do a review and we'll send you the product for free. And if you'll do this, we'll pay you for this. So usually you can get the product for free and then they'll cut you a check if you do a video for them. Well, this company uh, reached out to us and we were actually interested. It was a product that I was interested in and I thought it looked like a great product, but they basically told us that they wanted us to make a good review video. And I'm like, we don't make good review videos. We make a, a, honest. a honest review video. And I said, if, if your product is good, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make it a good, honest opinion. And so basically it come down to like, they were scared that our opinion of their product might be negative. And, um, they basically told us that if if we didn't do like a video that would you know was good to their product that they weren't going to do the sponsorship and i i think my very last um, email to them was i said um, if you won't stand behind your product enough to put it out there and see if somebody has a good or a bad opinion on it probably not a product for us i think that was the last thing i ever sent but to me that's that's like a scary thing it's like um so if they're offering it to me on a low, I mean, this was like a $250 payday for us, which is pretty good for a little sponsorship and you get free product. And, oh. but if they're offering, you know, if they're doing those kind of persuasion things at a low amount like that, imagine when you're getting into like, you know, a million dollar contract, what they're, what kind of stipulations they're trying to have. Yeah. And, and that's just scary. Like, because influencers are supposed to be these people that influence and I guess they're not supposed to be honest influencers. I would expect them to be. Yeah. Well, now that you mention that, like there's, and there's several people on Instagram that I like to follow just to get, like, see what the good deal is on this and that. And, uh, but now that you mention it, it's like, I don't think any of them will, I, they say, oh, I'm, and by the way, I'm not going to tell you to go buy this if I didn't like it, but I never once have had them tell us a product that did not work and that they had a bad review they only put out the ones that were quote-unquote good for them so I mean I guess I'm just saying you don't know they're not bold enough to say this is the brand that didn't work for me yeah so I think typically like the usually the feedback that you get is usually negative you know like people are quick to hop on and give you a bad review but it takes so much more for somebody to think, oh, man, they did this was so good or there's such a good job. Let me get on there and get a good review. But I guess a good plate is to check. Does Plexus sell on, like, Amazon or anything like that? No. I mean, there's people that I know in the past will try to, um, like, sell their stuff on eBay, like, if they had bought it. And then, I mean, this was some years ago. But, no, we don't sell on Amazon. It's strictly um, – 
us as ambassadors that are using the products ourselves and selling them to our family and friends. So you have each, um, like I have my personal website, personal link that they go to and they can order the products from, um, and it comes directly. Plexus has, um, yeah, and it's all made in the United States. They have three or four different distributing. Is this like, uh, what is it, FDA approved or what's the? Actually, no. Supplements, um, no supplements are FDA approved, interestingly enough. Um, but we are backed by the Better Business Bureau and Forbes magazine. Okay. Yeah, I think one that's really hot right now on like uh, the whole influencer world, and actually we were kind of in talks with them for a little while, is um, Athletic Greens. Have you heard of that one? Uh, I don't think I – is it just greens or yeah, – I, th- I think it's called Athletic Greens, and um, influencers are like – and we, we have uh, – we, we actually have some people that we know personally that, that have taken it and loved it so much that they started talking about it in – from what I'm seeing, like you can kind of usually you can tell a genuine review from an influencer and then one that's just trying to get it in their video real quick to make some money off of it. Yeah. So I've seen some genuine stuff from that. And we actually almost tried something like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's like a, you know, a supplement thing and it's probably really similar. But I guess uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of Plexus stuff like influencer wise. Um, of course, I'm not really looking for it. And usually if you see an advertisement, you just kind of look overlook it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, I can honestly say, though, the whole time we were doing, I think we did, we were doing Genesis Pure for a little while. I think I maybe tried one supplement the whole time, <laughs> but I wasn't having problems back then. It's like yeah. once you're having problems, then you're desperate. But if everything mm-hmm. is good, you're like, I don't need that stuff. So I, I'm sure that the, the uh, you know, your sales are probably to you know, 30 plus somewhere in that age range, right? Or is it like all over the board? Um, interestingly enough, I have like a lot of Gen Zers that will purchase too. And, but when you mention it, the Gen Zers um, are very, you know, I think they're, some of them are a little more ambitious than millennials. Like when I first got into Plexus, I remember like the first, uh, the first, network marketing thing I was found out about was the it works and I would just get flooded with these girls that are like try my skinny wrap do this do that and oh it put such a bad taste in my mouth and I'm like I'm never doing one of these things but like plexus was something that really worked for me and that's why I did it now I forget what we what I why I brought this up um (laughs) well I can remember um when we did the the Genesis Pure thing. I think that was the name of the company. I don't even remember anymore. My old boss had actually got me started on it. And I kind of just heard him out because he was my boss. I'm like, yeah, I'll come check it out. Yeah. But I can remember even like I was just trying to um, show the product to Tyler one time. And it, it was like, it was so funny <laughs> because like the first thing he's like, I'm not interested. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, I'm your friend. You can at least like talk to me a little bit about yeah. it. I'm not even trying to peddle a product yet. I'm just telling you like, Pretend this, to be interested. this is what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and I think I was just like, uh, I don't even remember exactly, but I just remember like being that, like, I felt like the shifty sales guy yeah. and, um, and I've, you know, I, I never really was that guy, but to the defense of that too it's like i never really took the product yeah 
So I didn't really have this genuine opinion on it, um, which, you know, that's now and this is or that was then this is now and and you kind of live and you learn about things. But it's kind of hard to have an to me, it was hard to have an opinion on a supplemental product that I didn't need at the yeah. time. Um, you know, so to me now, if you're if you're going forward and you kind of you start using something and you have a need for it and then you're like, man, I love this product so much that I think other people should get behind it. I mean, that kind of speaks volumes when you're going to sell it or anything else with it or even just talking about it. Well, and I, I think a lot, most of the people I sell to are in my age bracket just because, you know, they're my friends and or family and that's, you know, who you follow with or friends with on social media. But definitely not limited to, I mean, we're, we were talking about what's put in our foods and even birth control, um, which women are now taking at such a young age, are causing problems in their 20s, this PCOS and all these hormonal imbalances. And so there are women desperate in their 20s um, for help and when it comes to their health. And they're just uneducated, and that's what I realized. I was just uneducated when it came to health My most of my life until Plexus. You think like oh, if I just work out and then eat like just 900 calories a day, then I'll be good. But it's not about the calories. It's what you're putting into your body, the quality of the food that that really makes a difference. And um, But yeah, I mean, I have people of all ages. My mom is um, very dedicated to the products herself in her uh, 60s and She's she feels better in her sixties than she says she did in her forties. So yeah, I need to get on that plan to feel better in my twenties and my thirties. <laughs> yeah. I felt better, <laughs> felt better before. I'm, I need to get on that same plan. So l- let me let me ask you this because I've seen um, I've seen like you you've taken these trips and yeah. these cruises right and stuff with Plexus. How does that work? Like I've always that's always been kind of a thing that fascinated me. Like um, you always see these businesses that are like that, right? And these people are winning this and they're winning that and they're going on these trips together. Like, I worked for the same company um, for 10 years, two months short of 10 years. And I can't remember one time I ever went on a cruise with anybody from work. Yeah. So it's like you, they create this cool atmosphere and it's, and I know it's probably a sales motivational thing to like hit these bonuses. So how many of those have you done? Um, Oh, wow. A lot. So my, what, so one is our convention every year is in June, and that one um, anyone can go to with Plexus or anyone, even if you don't do Plexus, you just have to buy a ticket for it. But you can earn extra perks like the special dinners or um, or uh, shopping sprees and that kind of thing. Now, as far as trips I earned and that were fully paid for, my first one was to San Diego and um, beautiful place. They paid for three night, four days stay at this really nice hotel and did all the things. And we're also learning, like we have speakers come and, um, and you earn. How long had you been working for Plexus at that point? By the time you got a full inclusive trip like that? Um, that was a year and a half. Okay. So a year and a half in. My first, so my first year, I did not really know what all I was capable of, if that made sense. Like I was just like, okay, I'm trying to like get people to do these products because it's good. And 
within my first uh, few days, I had actually earned what they called silver and I didn't even know it. Like no one had really told me. Um, they're like, oh, you're silver and you get this several hundred dollar bonus because you got your mom and your dad and your sister to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then next thing I know, there's these things, what we call leaders retreats that you can earn. And like I said, um, traveling is my love language. So if I have a goal of like being able to travel somewhere, I just like grind until I can earn it. Um, we, the cruise we went on and you have to, um, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but you, they do focus on um, retention as far as earning them. So it's like you can get someone to order Plexus one month, but you want them to stick with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a quick fix overnight. They need it several. Yeah, no, and I think that says something about the product too, though, right? Because like if you're retaining your consumers, then they like the product. So to me, that's almost just important for the company to make sure they're putting out a good product, which obviously if you're able to retain it and you've been making a living at it for several years now. So, yeah, I don't know. I've just always been fascinated because, the, like I said, these these types of business plans and, and job positions get such a bad rap. And and um, and you and you kind of see it, you know, you, you see, uh, you know, with I mean, with the taking the trips and all that. And that's kind of when I say these kind of business plans, that's the category I'm lumping it in. Like, yeah, um, these sales types, because it's, it's really just sales based. The entire company is pretty well sales based. And then they probably have like a headquarters that they drop ship product out of. So pretty much their fleet of, you know, their workforce is salespeople. So. You know, I feel like like that was one of the things that was just fascinating to me because whenever I see you put these posts out, I'm like, gosh, she's been doing this a while now, and she's making it work. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there that would that would like to do something like that and definitely have the sales know to or know how, but it's like, oh no, it's a scheme or it's fake or this. And so to to see somebody that genuinely that I know in real life making it work is was kind of a kind of opened my eyes to a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, I, I know nothing about Plexus other than what you've told me today. And, um, but I mean, I, I, if somebody is, you know, I'm, I'm really eerie about stuff that I put in my body and that, that comes from, from doctors or hospitals or anybody really anywhere, um, except for restaurants, <laughs> I'll eat anything they put out. <laughs> no, but, um, I, uh, so, so when I go and, and even with the doctors nowadays, it's like, you're, you don't know if what you're getting is going to help you or be worse for you. And uh, so I worry about that. I think um, I had somebody else we were talking about um, prescriptions and, uh, you know, doctors and things get bonuses for different prescriptions these days. Oh, yeah. Um, which is crazy to me because. I feel like it should be illegal. Yeah. I mean, how how can you possibly be getting a bonus for a prescription because all you should be prescribing is what they need? Yeah. So if the if your if your patient comes in and they need this, but your bonus is for this, what are you going to do? You're yeah. going to take your bonus, or are you going to prescribe them what they need? And so, so no, that's just like a it's a crazy crazy area. But so I guess the point that I'm trying to get at is, I uh, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to trying something, but like I said, I'm always just cautious about who I get that something from. And there's probably a lot of people out there with supplemental stuff and 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 just about everything. It's like. I'd like to try this product, but I don't know anybody personally that takes it. So to me, that's another thing too, like where influencers come in, like influencers are so important because, and, and honest influencers, because I feel like 
um, people feel like they know you even though they don't. And, and I've been on both sides of that, right? Like we have been the influencer that people will drive. You know, we had people drive four and five hours to come and see us at events that we've been at. And they walk up and start talking to you like your old high school friends. Yeah. And you're like, who are you? <laughs> and so it's really kind of a weird, a weird situation to be in um, as the influencer. And then on the other side of that coin, I have been the person that like saw somebody that I felt like I knew like they were my friend and they weren't. They were just an influencer that yeah. I watched on YouTube. So it's they really put their whole life. Yeah. on social media for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you know, like I don't get caught up in pictures and little TikTok. Like I don't even have a TikTok account. I've never been that that to me that short um, short form content, I just hate it. Like I feel like it's a corruption and it it creates our whole society to have this weird uh, ADHD mindset. It's like, I got to have more right now. Like, like I've heard people talking about TikTok, like it's the most addictive thing in the world. I was just saying, going back to addiction. Yeah. What is. Yeah. And, and it's just not there for me, but I will say this, uh, you, uh, Facebook, um, has been trying to, to get me on it. Like I will go through my feed on Facebook. Usually in the morning when I first wake up, I'm laying there in bed and I'm thinking, okay, let me, I put a picture out yesterday. Let me check my comments on it. I always try to respond to all of our people that, you know, if, yeah. if people are saying something to us. I don't ever want to be that guy that's like, you take the time to write me a comment, but I don't take the time to even acknowledge that you said something to me. Like, whether we're on the computer or not, like, I feel like a comment is something that you said to me. Yeah. So I'll go through those. But when I'm sitting there even just, like, scrolling through stuff like that, I'll, like, go down, I get caught in this rabbit hole of these <laughs> short videos that are, that are not even on Facebook. They're on Instagram, and Facebook plays them in the, the reels. In, yes, yeah. and then and then I'm like, oh, well, that was kind of funny. And then I'm, I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing here? And I mean, ten minutes will go by, and I've watched twenty of those little videos, and I'm like, what the heck? And so, man, I, you know, f like I can see the addiction, but it's not good. It is not, short form content is not good. It just, like I said, it just it, I think it causes. Um, like attention deficit disorders and it's making it worse like for us um, and I, I feel like we see such a broad spectrum of it because our viewers are mostly older but even older like my dad like he can't sit down and watch anything anymore like if you sit him down in front of the tv he either falls asleep <laughs> or he's on his phone like I even go to lunch with my dad sometimes and like he's the first one to pull his phone out and start jacking around on his phone it drives me nuts uh, and, and that drives me nuts with anybody I hate when they do that which dad if you're listening you know <laughs> um, but you know, so I, I don't know to me that that whole thing, it's addictive. I get it, but like, I feel like it's, and, and to make the point that I was making, uh, retention, even on our YouTube channel, if you don't catch that person's attention within the first like eight seconds of your video now, they're gone. Yeah. And it never used to be that way. Like you could have a cool intro, you could, you know, do all these cool editing tricks and make it look like it was going to be a fun episode to watch. You could do, you know, last time on Off-Road Recon or this and that. And you could do all this at the beginning of your video and they stayed tentative to it. Now it's like, if you don't like put in the main subject of what's going to happen in that video and blast it out in the first eight seconds, you lose the viewer. And everybody is stuck in that mentality now. And and uh, so I try not to be that way. I like to get down on, you know, when I get on, on YouTube, I get down into like, uh, you know, the the actual episodes. I like 20 and 30 minute episodes like you're watching a TV show and I will sit down there and I'll try to see it through from beginning to end if I, you know, if I've got the time. 
And there's just not a whole lot of creators even doing that anymore. A lot of the people that were even doing the long form content back then are doing like six and eight minute videos now. And I just, it's sad to see um, content go in that direction, in my opinion. But that's why the podcast world is so cool because we, our last podcast was like three hours long and our retention time is ridiculous on it. Like our uh, podcast retention time was I don't know, 50 times better than our best video we ever had, even in the early days when we could keep attention for a long time. Wow. So, like, our average uh, view time is, like, 48 minutes. And if you can keep somebody's attention for 48 minutes, you're doing pretty good. I don't care what you're doing, whether you're talking in person or making a video or whatever. So, movies do pretty good at that, too, I guess. People still sit down and watch a movie. So yeah. Movies and podcasts, that's all we got left. It is hard with social media because, um, I mean especially when it's during like political season. And uh, that's a huge part of my business though, is using social media as a platform. And I am grateful for social media, being able to keep up with family and friends from everywhere. And it's drastically helped my business. I mean, you can, you know, talk about Plexus to people like your friends that you see all the time. But as far as reaching out to new people, that's where social media really helps. But like, I haven't gotten on the TikTok train either. Um, I basically refuse to because it's like I have Facebook and Instagram and then it's like then this other one. And sometimes like I have a battle with myself because so many people are going to TikTok and influencers are using that. And I'm like, well, maybe that would help my business if I went on the TikTok uh, platform. But it's just uh, it's very hard for me. Uh, to then add a third one to the mix when, yeah, man, I the the TikTok stuff is scary too. I think it was Joe Rogan that shed light on that not too long ago. Did you see the thing he put out where he said, um, he said, uh, has anybody actually read the agreement for TikTok that you sign? Oh. And he just started going through some of the fine print on that, and it's like they can access your camera at mic or microphone at any time, and like it's scary. It's the the agreement that you sign to have even TikTok you on your phone, even when you're not app? using the app, when you're not using it. If it's installed on your phone, you, they can do whatever they want. Gosh, yeah, it's scary. And uh, are Facebook and Instagram the same now, though? Or? I, you know, I don't know. I I would I would go to say they're probably not, but but it's hard to say nowadays. But that's one thing. Do you have an iPhone? Are yeah. You, okay. Well, I won't make you mad then. Um, <laughs> that's one thing I'll say about Apple is like Apple. Um, they actually give you the ability to turn those things off for different apps. And then if Facebook is using my microphone, it pops up a little orange light in the top hand part of your phone, which if you guys don't know that and you're using uh, Facebook or any, any app on an iPhone, if you see a little light on the top of your iPhone, that means that something is either recording audio or video. One of your apps in the background is doing that. And a cool way that you can kind of test to see if yours is working correctly is um, if you go on to Google and then you do the press the microphone button to do voice uh, audio voice input yeah. or whatever, you'll see that little orange light come on. I've seen that and I'm like, yep. is this because it's is it right next to where they your service bars yep. are? Yep. And yep. I'm like, what is this like telling me that I'm about to roam? No, nope, that's one of your apps crazy. recording either audio or video. I I can't remember the one of the, which one's which, but. Um, I think green is camera, means your camera's recording, and orange means your audio is recording. So that's what whenever your ads mysteriously pop up about whatever you've been talking to your husband that's about. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And see, Apple is, you know, la Apple's last update, the one before this year, was really um, 
bent on on privacy and that's one thing that i've always loved about apple it's like and and they had a big fight with our government with the u.s government a couple years ago because they wanted into a terrorist's phone yeah um the government did and apple's like no yeah we open those doors and it's a floodgate then next next time who whose phone do you need in next time yeah right now yeah it's a terrorist and, and they tried to get the whole country behind it they're like oh yeah you know the government's uh, it's a terrorist and they won't let us in their phone to check but like if you're smart you look at the bigger picture and whether it's a terrorist or not which it's awful and i hate i would hate if there's anything else in that phone that would cause any more havoc yeah but you open that door and it never closes again that's yeah. one thing i'll say about our government is you ever open a door it never closes like I, there's an actually and i don't want to keep getting off on too many rants about this but somebody told me this not too long ago and it was really interesting that i didn't i didn't know this and it was actually in their area um, they created a toll road, and this toll road was supposed to pay um, for some bridge work on the, the toll road and stuff like that. And then after a certain period of time, the toll was supposed to close, and it was just a normal road. They fixed the bridges. They finished it. It's been like 20 years. Toll is still there. Toll is still there. And that's like, to me, that's like uh, basically every policy in this country. It's like, we need this right now to do this. But then after it's done... Oh, then they just redirect the funds and they just keep doing it. So it's like, and I think that's why our taxes have gotten so out of control of the country because it's like they just keep adding these little things on that they may need for that project, but they're never going to come back and say, oh, well, we don't need that anymore. Yeah. They just keep spending. And uh, that when somebody said that to me about that toll, I'm like, God, man, that is. Well, that makes sense to me. We drive through Oklahoma fairly often and they have the crappiest roads yeah. out of like the country. Like, I swear, the Oklahoma roads are horrible, and you have all these tolls. I'm like, what are we paying for? Because yeah. your roads are shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, not only that, I wonder if you were to trailer your car, if you trailered an unlicensed, untitled, unregistered car to a toll and then drove it through the toll to pay to get on there, are you legally allowed to drive on that road? Because you paid the toll, but the taxes. Shouldn't matter because it's a toll road. So can you drive? Somebody answer that for us in the comments below. Can you drive an unregistered, untitled, unlicensed car on a toll road? I'm curious to know. I would bet that the answer is no. Like you're probably going to get pulled over and you're probably going to get a ticket. But you shouldn't because the toll is what pays for that road. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a whole bunch of that kind of stuff that's out there. Like there's been certain things where, you know, there's a tax for this and then after that's been completed, the tax never falls away. So, I mean, there's just, there's so many things. And, and, uh, but that was one of the things that really stuck with me was that toll road thing. But so to, to get back to, um, I wanted to, so on the, on the, these trips that you're taking, I, I kind of wanted to go back into this a little bit. So are these typically like, um, do they kind of do both, you know, a little bit of both? Do they have like an all-inclusive trip where they pay for everything or sometimes you're expected to pay? Um, or, or is it kind of just whatever they have going on, you try to win a, a ticket to it or is it just purely performance-based? So every year is uh, they have something called leaders retreat that you can earn. And um, you, it's a, it depends on, they surprise us every year where it's going to be one year. It was the cruise one year, San Diego last year. It was uh, Orlando. I got to take Erilyn with me and go to Disney. Um, and 
you not only earn the trip itself, which pays for your your stay, you can also earn extra to pay for your airfare, extra to earn however many tickets to Disney or to do other special stuff. Um, you usually get several free meals and stuff out of it. Then they also have higher um, other trips that you can earn that's a little bit what they call it a, is the em- Emerald Extravaganza, and that's a trip to Hawaii for five days, and that's all-inclusive. All your meals, your flight, and your uh, resort fees are all paid for. And is this you? Is this usually just you, or is it like you and your family? Um, it's you and one other person, okay. and then they're, you know whoever else in the company earned the trip. Okay, so. so if you have kids and you want to take kids, you just pay for them? Um, yeah, so when I earned my trip to Orlando, I brought my sister with me and Erilyn. And, um, I mean, the hotel, you can put however many people you want in the hotel. And as far as going to, like, their special events, they just need to have a ticket. So I would only bring one with me. But as far as when it came to Disney or doing the fun things, you can bring, you know, whoever whoever you want. Okay. Yeah, that's that's always just been like a, a fascinating thing to me because, like I said, you just don't see that in, in other jobs. And I always was curious. And I guess it's, like I said, it's probably a team-building thing. Yeah. So, all right, well, cool. I think we pretty well covered everything I wanted to cover. Thank you so much for coming on. Justine is our second-ever guest. So, like, right now, it's, you know, people that are doing this for us, it's like a huge favor. So thank you for coming. You're welcome. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect. I've never been on a podcast before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Try to keep cool. it, try to keep it light going, but thanks guys. Tune in. Hey, uh, make sure you share our podcast, please. We're growing right now. We need your help. All right, Con, cut us loose. <laughs>